Could you ask your guests if they believe in the human genome and DNA as it is presented to us from mainstream science, and what is the difference between the two? I thought for years that just sitting, maybe it's just another scam of them saying that they could identify us that way, not only as a fingerprint ID scam, but maybe they needed something more um, confusing, especially in light of what's going on, the DNA. Yeah, well, there is, I mean, genome just means all of the genetic material um, within an organism. So for a human, we have DNA, and the, the human genome simply refers to the, the billions of, you know, uh, nucleic um, acid sequences that we have inside us. But um, so that, that term is okay, but it has been completely misrepresented. So as we talked about a bit earlier, there is not, you don't have like a snapshot of your genome where they, you can say, hey, yep, yeah, that's the entire stretch from A to Z, uh, which codes for this particular person because it's a dynamic system. So the sequences could vary depending on which sample you take in the body. For instance, um, we know that some cells will have changes in their DNA, but that doesn't, it doesn't suddenly change every single you know, it doesn't change all billions and billions of cells all at once. Mm-hmm. We also know that, um, as I talked about earlier, uh, environmental changes, there can be uh, changes in the DNA sequences themselves. So, you know, this is not something that's um, uh, unknown even to, to mainstream medicine, although they try and present it often and the public get the impression that you have this computer code that you get at birth and that's the one you're stuck with. Yeah. And if you have some sort of cancer in there, uh, you know, a, a rogue genetic code, it's in big trouble, that mm-hmm. will kill you one day. All of this stuff is completely false. So, yeah, we have no problem with the concept of... Um, I think their internet froze up a minute. And it, it, yeah, what, what gets really, really confusing, Patrick, is that when we, at any one time, on us and inside us, there's a couple of pounds of microbes, like bacteria, fungal species, etc. And we can't live without them. So... Are if, they part of our genetic, you know, are they yeah, part of our... They're part of us, right? right? So if you go looking for bits of genetic code, you'll find what they say are bacterial uh, nucleic acid um, sequences. But we can't live without those bacteria. So I, I think this is where it gets all artificial. They try and look at a human and say, this is this is human, this is not human, mm. this is human, this is environment, when we can't live without the integration, without the working together of everything. So, you know, they did these experiments uh, last century with animals like cows, and they tried to raise them in completely sterile conditions and they can only live for a couple of weeks and they're dead hmm. um, doesn't matter how much food they give them and water and and all this kind of stuff if they don't have the bugs on them they they simply die so yeah we've got i think with the genetic stuff it's um it's really dangerous what's happened because they upload all these sequences onto databases and the classifications are all over the show. Mm. And this is the problem we have with the, quote, viral genomes, is that they're not coming from 
viral particles that are just coming from organisms like humans and other animals and found in the environment. And then because of their way they've put these databases together, whenever they find one of these sequences, they say, oh, we found this, we found a virus, oh, we found this. And no, you're just finding life on our planet is what you're finding. Well, if you don't mind me waxing spiritually for a, for a moment, which I like to do, big picture, I would argue, I can't prove it, but it's all God. It's all one, mm-hmm. right? So there is no separate. The idea of we're separate from something, to me, is an illusion. It just is an illusion. Just not true. I mean, show me something we're separate from. Yeah. <laughs> Stars, well, moon, and, you know, uh, cows, pigs, chickens, plants. We're just not, you know, we're just not. Totally. And I think um, hmm. we know from people that have been isolated, uh, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally, is that it's so hard to live, like, trying to separate yourself right. from the rest of the um, the rest of the world. Yes. It's, it's almost um, what's well, basically impossible to be healthy that way. Here's one from Linda. Uh, she wants to know about Dr. Brownstein's protocol. She had a niece that had difficulty breathing and had what was the media called new COVID. Oh, the new COVID. And so she did high-dose vitamin C, vitamin D, all these things, a couple drops of blue gauze iodine, and then she nebulized hydrogen peroxide, and she got well. So how can the Baileys explain this if these, uh, how can they explain this if the virus doesn't exist? And when Brownstein's protocol has worked on so many. Yeah, I guess it's what, if COVID doesn't exist, what is COVID? <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's this, they don't even have, the, you know, the definition of it is that it's a, it's a PCR test, like Mike said, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not got any standard signs or symptoms for it. So right. I'm not, we're never denying that people don't get sick, they don't get illnesses, you know, you don't get a sore throat or a headache or cough or whatever, but it's not caused by a virus it's usually the body detoxing is the is what's going on yeah i would say you know with that question there's nothing in that story that even remotely comes close to requiring the existence of a virus i mean the therapies were based on uh giving some vitamins um etc the nebulized hydrogen peroxide i mean that's that could have all sorts of effects but I, I presume, I'm not familiar with this protocol, but I presume it's supposed to kill things in the respiratory tract, which is probably a bad idea, but the the very act of nebulizing something and doing that kind of exercise has plenty of other effects as well mm-hmm. uh, yeah. with the lungs getting them moving and stuff. So, no, the what, what we're saying is that if you go to all of the science that they've produced, there is no evidence anywhere that there are these particles, pathogenic viruses that exist, and um, they simply can't show that. So we have to forget about looking at that as the boogeyman for why people get sick. People get sick for other reasons, and uh, certainly some of these protocols can work. But I I would also argue, Patrick, that, um, you know, some of, sure, it can be good for people to take some, vitamin C capsules or vitamin D capsules, but we don't usually even advise that. We would say, if you think you're vitamin C deficient, you should go to citrus and yeah. have some uh, other sources. Yeah. Have some exactly, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. 
make, make sure it's organic and all that kind of stuff. So all, all of these things can usually be, well, pretty much always be addressed by just taking care of um, dietary and other factors. And it's actually a good time to introduce, you know, why people get sick because, I mean, we've done, as you know, we've done dozens of videos showing why viruses don't exist. I've written a 29,000 word essay, incredibly detailed, wow. going through the evidence that I presented my essay, Farewell to Virology, outlining. So we've been through all that. Um, it's funny because sometimes last year, I remember we were having a conference call with Tom Cowan and Andy Kaufman and Mike Stone and etc. And I think Tom said, are we still dealing with this virus? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> he always says are that. We, he said, are we still doing this? What else are we going to do? Yeah, can't, can't we move on? He's and, funny. <laughs> and we, you know, we want to say, we don't say this enough to our audience, but, you know, it do if we want to look at why people get sick, yeah. it, it comes down to some really basic principles. And usually it's a dietary problem, like either most people in the first world eating too much, as simple as that, too mm. many calories, people are overweight, once you're overweight, you have a plethora of issues that are going to develop. Um, two, people are malnourished in the sense that despite they're getting all these calories, they're actually nutrient deficient often because they don't realize that. Like, we did an analysis last year of a um, Domino's pizza. Domino's did, did pizza. You really? And we found they, they, had a, they produced a pizza, Patrick, that had no vitamin C. They managed to get every drop With of vitamin C. With cheese and everything C. on there? How do they do that? Everything. <laughs> Some, we don't know how they did it, but they managed to. And this is the thing. So someone has a pizza for right. lunch and thinks, oh, yeah, I've got a bit of this. There's some capsicum in there. <laughs> but they're getting nothing. No, no. So that's the other problem is that despite they're eating all these calories, they're not getting the nutrients. The, the next problem is lack of exercise. And that's more than just a weight thing. Because people think, well, I'm normal weight, so I don't need to exercise. No, the exercise, the body is designed to move and needs to needs to do that. So exercise is very important. And it needs to be stressed a little bit. Like, it's no good sitting in an office all day where your heart rate never has to go above 60 or 70. You want to get that heart rate up over 100 sometimes. Get it moving. Get that heart strengthened, etc. And uh, then the fourth major aspect is just negative thoughts and poor psychological. Right, I think that's right on the one, top for what that's worth. Oh, I, no, I agree with yeah, you and, completely. And Patrick, how many people do you meet? Like what Sam and I do, we don't even call this work. We just say this is like what we do and we love it. <laughs> but the amount of people who all they think about is when the next holiday is yes. or when the weekend is. And they're crossing off the days on the calendar yeah. and they're just... Or they're looking at their financial uh, statements going, oh. they're stressed out of their mind saying, how am I going to make these Yeah, if I buy this lotto ticket and that's going to change my life and it's... <laughs> so this is hugely underestimated that yeah. most people, um, unfortunately, in the modern era are desperately unhappy. Yes. And when we talk to people and say, do you, do you like what you do? Most of them are like, not really. I, I like going home. I like um, mm. doing something else. I don't. So you think most of the week people are not actually happy doing what they do. And this kind of negative thinking um, creates dangerous. all sorts of problems, which so yeah, I would ends say, up creating physical And this really lends to this idea that this is a spiritual thing that's going on, right? This is, this is God's way, in my opinion, of saying to soul, wake up. Smell the coffee here, because if you're not happy, you know, and if you're tired of getting sick, you're going to need to do something differently. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with 
you, Patrick, that, and I think it's, I think it's God's way of, I like, like in the analogy of it's like a volume control and you just, you ignore it and then it gets louder, 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 louder. And it's, and you, until you can't ignore it anymore. And the, I, I think the psychological aspect is so important and it's highly linked with the spiritual too. Very much. Spiritual health is incredibly important and we almost dismiss that as that's, oh, that's crazy, but it, it really keeps you centered and you have, a mark, a, a beacon of hope of what you're, what you're, what you're living your life by. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and the tragedy, and we've really seen this in the last three years, is to blame a boogeyman that's just an invention. Something outside of might. us, right? Yeah. Something like that. Totally. And then people think, oh, the reason I got sick was that I got quote COVID. And, you know, or the Chinese, they made this virus and it got out and that's the reason we've got all these problems. And that kind of thinking is totally unhealthy, it totally is. destructive. And people, you have to accept that no matter what happens, no matter what condition you end up getting your body into, you have to wake up and say, I have to take responsibility for what happened. And people might say, well, I didn't know my city had dirty water or or the air was toxic. Well, you have to investigate these things because, I mean, we've been there too. We used to drink the tap water in the city and Did think really? it was okay. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you know, going back a few years and we were, because we were told it's really great water, it's all tested, da, 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 da. And it wasn't until we did our own investigations that we said, hey, don't drink that water. That's that's not good. Or mm. similarly with certain products that you could buy in the supermarket, we just stopped using them completely because we realized that they weren't uh, organic uh, products and they weren't particularly safe. So, yeah, I- anyone can – and it's the same when your children get sick. You have yes. to take responsibility and say, as the parent or caregiver, you have to say, hey, I've missed something here. Mm. I've, um, <laughs> I've been negligent. And um, – People say, no, 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 my child got measles because, or chicken pox because of X, Y, and Z or because they didn't have a vaccine or all, all this kind of excuses they're making up. And it's it's not that at all. You know, it's, 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 it's basically yeah. negligence. And I know it sounds harsh, but you have to keep keep working on your game and working out how to improve your health. Well, we are definitely being called upon to, to uh, up our game, right? Just to thrive and survive on the earth plane right now. It's pretty challenging. I can remember... 60 years ago, maybe 65 years ago when I was in grade school, or maybe 70 years ago, well, uh, we got sick and my mom would give us a big slug of castor oil, put us in bed, pile blankets on top of us, right? And we would just sweat all night long. We'd get up, poop like there was no tomorrow. She said, you're good, you're going to school. That's the way she dealt with it. I love your mom. Yeah, my, my mom. They knew it. I mean, isn't that amazing? She knew all this back then. Where did she get out there? Where did she get that? It's like great. I know, and all that stuff's been forgotten as well. Oh, like sure. it's it's so important. And it, like what the um, person was asking the question. Right. You know, one of the big things I think was missing in that particular protocol was fasting. It's 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 when you get sick. One of the first things you should do is stop eating. Stop and, eating. And, um, right. Yeah, yeah. and. That's been forgotten, and, and and I think this is what we're trying to do with the videos as well: is really try and focus on the core things that lead to good health. And these are simple practices; they don't cost money, but it's just this 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 has been lost. This this wisdom of of time that your that your mum knew about. <laughs> and, and it's really interesting, Patrick, because really 
what your mother was doing, whether she was um, completely aware of it or not, what she was encouraging the body just to eliminate. Yeah. So she was saying, let's just let the fever go because that's the way the skin is going to get rid of some of these toxins. She's like, let's get the bowels moving. Let's do a big flush out. <laughs> She's, you know, probably reducing what you were eating because she said, no, 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 we don't need your guts distracted with working to digest food. We need to go into elimination phase. So, you know, reduces the amount of food you're eating and just allows the body to rest for 24 hours to, to have that flush out. So totally, whereas these days, um, Boom. you know, people would give their children Tylenol and go, oh, look at that, I've reduced the fever, haven't I done well? And, you know, oh, you better eat lots of food because you need your strength, et cetera, and it's all backwards thinking, backwards. Um, making the child even more sick. So, and, and also, you know, those kind of episodes are often warnings to say, well, what did what did I feed the kids recently, or what have we been doing that might have led to this um, episode? And right. um, it's it's that whole reflection process of continuously looking to improve health. And another thing, really quickly, Patrick, oh, which I've been time. really um, thinking about lately, is you know this idea of young children. Our, our kids, so our youngest, who's eighteen months, he's not, and he's never gone to preschool or daycare, or whatever. I don't. I think they're really toxic places, actually. And and I know people do it so that they can get their, so they can go to work. I understand the the practical aspect it. of it, but the um these they're stressful. They're very, very stressful for children. And I honestly think that that's why they get so sick. Uh, you know, they get constant, you know, ear infections and, and um, you know, rashes and all the detoxing. And I, I honestly think they're just stressed out of their minds and it's it's not good for them. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like Sam says, our, our youngest is 18 months old and he's – he, he doesn't have a constant runny nose like lots of these kids and stuff. And people would say, oh, that's because he's not in daycare or kindy or whatever. But he's still coming into contact with other little kids. Yeah. And, sure. you know, but you know what they're like. They're swapping toys and sticking things in their mouth. And he's not um, – I mean, we see friends who have kids who go to these daycares and, like, their nose just doesn't stop running. There's constantly – they're getting rashes, which are put down to, quote, viruses and all this kind of stuff. And – we just think uh, you can actually avoid that just by keeping the child uh, in a healthy environment where they're not constantly stressed out because they try and make out that all of these childhood illnesses are normal, that it's just part yeah. of growing up and stuff. They're yeah. not. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it, it means when your kid's getting a runny nose continuously, it means that they're trying to get rid of something. Something's going wrong. Or when they're getting constant breakouts of rashes and which are put down to little infections and stuff. No, again, it's the body trying to eliminate so something. Measles so. and mumps, the body is trying to just let go of something. They, they didn't catch anything, correct? Oh, correct. Yeah. And uh, I mean, over time, we have to say in the last hundred years, these diseases, and this is nothing to do with vaccines because we know from the excellent work that... Um, Roman Vestrianic and from Dissolving Illusions. Um, great work that um, him and Susan Humphreys did just showing that these diseases were way on the decline anyway. Um, and we have a problem with the fact that they call them specific diseases because we don't think they are. You know, measles, monkeypox, chickenpox, smallpox. It's all just the skin reacting and trying to get rid of something. And what you call it depends on whatever time zone that you live in at the time, you know, is it 1950 or is it the year 2000, etc. And whatever kind of uh, often unvalidated test that they might be using. So 
all, all of these things are just variations of the body's, you know, uh, just just elimination systems at play. But regardless of that, even if people do think that they are specific conditions, we could see that the measles was disappearing basically anyway without the introduction of any uh, vaccines or anything mm. like that. So, and in general, you know, everything just got milder and milder. And when I was a kid, there was some chicken pox around. Um, but now that's almost disappeared and that's not because of vaccines because a lot of countries don't have chickenpox vaccines or didn't have them right. uh, until very recently and even so they were basically disappearing. We'll take a couple more emails before we let you go for, and take on your day there. Um, thanks for being committed to bringing light to this pertinent topic. Sam's recent videos covering Project Veritas is a much watch for those who still... Uh, battle between is there a it or not the simple fact that team terrain continues to be ignored by the mainstream media is called is a clue i cannot fathom how really intelligent and critically thinking individuals do not see the importance of a minimum a public discussion based on evidence and reason surrounding that which actually creates diseases and that which is a myth thanks for your efforts i appreciate your work oh that's a nice yeah, I saw it's, your video. Really Project nice. Veritas yeah, thing was message. a cool thing, right? Yeah, yeah. and we, we think, Patrick, um, yeah, the problem has been is that the uh, <laughs> the disputes have been within the freedom community and uh, we're encountering censorship with other people within the freedom community. But it's it's hit a very interesting point because more and more people are contacting us who said, hey, I've, I've just become aware of this kind of no virus thing and no contagion and my audience has been pressuring me for weeks now and initially I didn't think there was much to it but I can see that this is actually pretty advanced and that people have been working on this for years not only people like us and Andy and Tom etc but also Stefan Lanker and Kevin Corbett and the Perth group who have been doing this stuff for decades and um you know, I think that's good. So I think we're getting to the tipping point within the freedom community yeah. where a lot of these people who have been against all of the COVID measures, etc., but who still insist that there is a virus are starting to find this is catching up with them now and yeah. they, they have to deal with this issue. And the audience is demanding it, which yeah. I think people should, oh, is, yeah. is actually saying, you know, please look into this issue. Don't ignore it anymore. And, and we just say to the people in the freedom community who are pushing forward the virus stuff and saying, well, are you prepared to defend this kind of pseudoscience? Who's, which representatives are you putting forward? Is it to, Fauci? Yeah, <laughs> to, to defend this stuff. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, there's, um, there's some stuff brewing uh, in the background, Patrick, which could be quite interesting. Um, you know, some high profile um, people in the freedom community are finding that they, they're going to have to deal with this issue probably in the next couple of months um, really? before it blows up. Wow. So, yeah, so once we can uh, get beyond that, then we can start cracking into the mainstream because we know what the mainstream are doing. They are 100% ignoring this. And, you know, we noticed that in the early days, they would write smear articles about Sam. So in 2020, 2021, They'd write a smear article these days like we saw a fact check recently sam did a um fantastic video on polio and the criminal rockefeller fraud 
Um, it was an essay written by F. William Engel. Oh, we know him. Yeah, we used to have him on. He's yeah, great. yeah. He's great. Yeah. He's fantastic. He's amazing. Yeah. And anyway, they did this fact check video because obviously the video is spreading too much um, on social media. And it was really interesting in the fact check because they didn't mention Sam at all. They didn't mention her name or link yeah. any websites. They didn't mention William's name or link to any of his work. They just said, there's a video about polio and it's not true, da-da-da. They didn't address any of the science that had been raised um, by the work. And that video in particular, um, Patrick, it was taken, I, I tried posting it on YouTube just to see what would happen. And it was um, struck down in six minutes. <laughs> in six so, minutes? Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Take it off. I was like, because people were watching it. it. It was like a 30 minute or 27 minute video, I think. And then that was six minutes in. <laughs> it got taken down. But to us, Patrick, that's that's a great sign that um, the, they've gone from smearing to these days they don't want to mention Sam Bailey, they don't want to mention Tom Cowan. Andy, Andy Kaufman, etc., Kevin Corbett, they just completely are not mentioning the names anymore, which uh, to so us is great. Why do you think that, that is? Why do you think that they're leaving off the names now? Why is that a good sign? I, well, I don't quite get I that. I think the, yeah, the, the initial smear campaigns didn't work I because see. what happened was when they would do these smear articles, we'd find that it would just drive traffic to the work. I so, see. Ah. Um, and Sam Sam was even getting generous donations from people. Like, I had yeah. the stuff, stuff media, like an article, which is the, one of the main kind of uh, news um, outlets in New Zealand, um, would do a big like smear on me. And then I'd have all these people like trying to give me, you know, donations and, and support. And they're like, how can I help you? I didn't know about you until now. Oh, and now they don't mention me at all. That's right. They don't and, want and you I to think, help you raise money. I think also, you know, I think what happened to Patrick was in 2020, they thought, hey, we can write a smear article about Andy Kaufman and everyone will start ignoring him, you know, or we can do a big feature on Sam Bailey and how she's a doctor fallen from grace and all this kind of stuff. And they thought that, that that'll get rid of these guys, you know, we won't have to hear from them. It, it didn't work. And what happened is that as our position has developed and we've just produced more and more work, including detailed essays, etc., it's it's got too big for them to deal with so that's why i think it's good that they're ignored they do not want people knowing about this stuff and uh obviously in the freedom community pretty much everyone knows about it now that the no virus is a big issue but i still think it's important that um people encourage you know those that haven't looked into it because i think that's often the the big problem is that people say no that can't be right that's this has all been established and they haven't actually looked at it. Yes. And, and, and when you ask them, have you have you looked at it? Have you read? I mean, Marxy say it's 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 this is not something that's just a minor, you know, blip in the well, flash in the pan or whatever. It's 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 major. Yeah. I and, think. Um, and where can people get that? Out. Where can people get that essay? Uh, make sure they can find that. That's a huge, right? Seventy-eight pages. Yeah. Pages? yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's on my website. It's um, you can search for it, but it's just a farewell to virology. Farewell to is virology. what it's called. It is a bit technical, and that's why we called it expert edition. It's not to try and put people off. It's just to say it is quite technical in places. But just if you can, if you can read it, if you have a look, there's oh, Mark's done it. It's an um, unbelievable um, work that you've done. Yeah, and I think. Um, 
But Patrick, it's yeah for the average um, person who's just new to this, it would be an incredibly heavy, heavy read at you know twenty nine thousand words. But that's why Sam has lots of um, you know fifteen minute videos just going over stuff like people might say, well, what about electron microscopy? I think I've seen pictures of the quote virus and Sam will have a 15 minute video just dealing with electron microscopy. Good for you. That's great. Or people would say, but, but there's the PCR, doesn't that detect COVID? Okay, there's a 12 minute video just going over the problems with that whole setup. Or, you know, people say, but I've had COVID. There's a 11 minute video just going on about what is- What, what did they experience? Like COVID, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is the problem with that? Why is it not? So it's really just putting things in these um, digestible pieces so it's not overwhelming for people. But I think uh, we can reassure the audience that um, there are many of us who have dedicated, you know, years and years of reading through all of these scientific papers, like between myself, um, Kevin Corbett, Mike Stone, um, Stephen Lanker, um, you know, uh, Andy, Tom, all of these guys, we, we've spent years now reading these papers in great detail, like reading all the citations and stuff, making sure we're not missing anything. Mm. And between the wider group, if we've missed something, I'd be incredibly surprised if I don't think virology has any secret books or <laughs> papers that, you know, because secret cause handshake, people, people will say to us, oh, yeah, yeah. People will say, but look at this paper. I found this paper from 2021. and it No, we've seen that one. Um, one of us has usually read it or done an analysis of it. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's got to the point now. Yeah, we're pretty sure we haven't left any of these stones unturned. I'd love to do a movie someday on, on Pasteur. And, you know, he started all this nonsense, didn't he? <laughs> he really did. Wouldn't you love to do a real, to get the real story about what went on there? Boy, that'd be great. Whew, man. Um, also, both of yeah. you are beautiful oh, and have beautiful skin. Can you share a few reasons why you have beautiful skin? Well, they kiss a lot and they make babies. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. We've got, um, we were a bit worried actually this morning because we're in this uh, new house and uh, we tried to set up one of the cameras on Sam's um, uh, computer over there and it was yeah. doing really strange things with the lighting. And you so look we're great. Still, no, you look yeah. great getting that ready so hopefully the skin looks okay but um i think patrick uh with skin my basic rule is that you don't mess with it you you put water on it yep. you you know you take care of it in that way you get a little bit of sun and uh essentially it, it will reflect what's on the inside so mm. if you've got a great diet if you've got um a good way of life then it will manifest and um and Sam said that during the uh, break before. She said, my God, Patrick looks great. So. You do, Patrick. I was thinking, you look amazing. Uh, like, I, just youthful I, and healthy. I feel just good. Great. And, and I'm, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to have 77 by my 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 age, you know, next in a few months. I that. Seriously. Are you joking? No. You look 20 years younger than that. Seriously. I, I, well, you know, I got a whole. Th- I, I I have a book uh, that I'm working on called "It Takes a Long Time to Get Young." It takes a long <laughs> time to get young, and I have a screenplay too. And I think it's all made up. I think the whole age thing is a scam. I think it's just made <laughs> up. Seriously, I think it's all if you believe you're going to age, you're going to age, and if you believe in time, then you're going to age. And so that's my take on it. Yeah. Well, thanks. I feel good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we we had a we talked to we saw our real estate agent the other day. Right. Um, that we bought the house of, and he's um, he's fifty seven, and Mark's like, 
you know. Yeah, he, he looks, I'd say he looks older than you, Patrick. It's just about. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and um, you, just these differences that you see between people, but I think it is like a, a manifestation of. Um, I believe you know, it is. Whatever we believe to be true, I really think yeah. it is. You know, I, I do some out of body work, you know, when I'm, my body's sleeping, and I've seen some things that are. Whoa, uh, I mean, I'll talk to you about them someday, but I, yeah. I've seen that every, you know, like this, every thought, every feeling, every image that we as a soul buy into is real, that it's in the body at that moment. And wow. it's in the body until we say, no, that's not true. Okay, and then it's gone. Because it's just a now kind of hologram thing. I know this it gets a little geeky, but that's the way I like to think about this stuff. No, that um, it reminds me of um, some of uh, Eckhart Tolle's teaching. It's very much like that as well about how we can we can simply decide when to let something go. Um, we, we don't have to hold on to unhealthy thoughts or whatever. We can just say it's time to go. I'm done. I'm, I, done. What, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I, I really like is about forgiveness, and I think Huge. we we yeah. hold on to this resentment and. And forgiveness is, I love, is, um, I, I listen sometimes to Derek Prince and he says about it's a decision, it's not it's not an emotion. And and I like that, that you can actually just, like you say, you just decide, no, that's that's gone now, I'm, I'm going to forgive the person or whatever. And it, it, it lifts you, then you don't have to hold on to anything. And I, and I think forgiving ourselves and loving ourselves is like top of the list. You know, I walk around saying, I love you. I'm going to start crying. I love you, Patrick. You're doing good. God love you. You know, God loves you. I love you. You're doing fine. And uh, I think it's important, you know, for me. I couldn't live without it, you know, thinking like that. You know, yeah. I just can't. Yeah. I know we, we probably are the cruelest to ourselves, I aren't know. we? And you're right. Forgiving yourself and going, actually, I'm doing it. I'm awesome. I'm <laughs> awesome. I do that. Here. You know, I go to sleep at night and I talk to God and say, I'm doing good. You know what I'm saying? We uh, we are, too. Look at what we're working with out here. I mean, Earth is bonkers, you know. I mean, for, for us to be able to do what we're doing and have a good life and be healthy, I think we're doing great. You know, I'm I'm all in, you know. I, th I think, uh, Patrick, we just rise to whatever happens. And people say to us, you know, this could get a whole lot worse, this situation. And we say, sure. Okay. But, you know, it's not time to, you know, get uh, negative about things. It's it's the opposite. It's time to say, well, we'll lift it again and we'll just keep lifting it. And, um, do you know, in 2020, when they really came after Sam and she was fired from TV and um, the authorities tried to start a prosecution against her and uh, then she got um, kicked out of her research um, facility that she was working in. All this kind of stuff happened all at once. And um, at the time, we thought, oh, this is just terrible. This is so bad. How's this? And now we look back and say, what a blessing. Yeah. It, um, it was like time to move forward and lift our game even further and we realized that a lot of the things um, we were doing and we're involved with, we could just get out of and start this new, I mean, we don't even call it work anymore, what we do. It is fun. I love it. It's just fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we're, I can tell you guys, and, and you know, as you know, spirit is just going to put you wherever it wants you to be, and even if it's a little uncomfortable at a while, say, well, what's going on? Wait a minute, I don't want to do it. Just, just go with it. You know, go with the flow, man, and she's going to take you. You know, yeah. it, when I was um, at university or as a postgrad, 
um, doing medical stuff, I would have to write like maybe a 3,000 word essay and it seemed so painful, Patrick. I'd be like, oh, 3,000 words. That, oh. And you know, you'd be sitting there counting the words. Just go. And then when I wrote a farewell to virology, 30,000 words just spilled straight out. <laughs> and um, it wasn't, you know, it didn't feel like work. And that's, you know, there's 200 references, scientific references and other references in that paper. And to me, it was just like, uh, well, this is what I do. It's not... Um, you know, I wasn't submitting it for, for a grade or to get a certain ticket or whatever. I was just saying that I think the world needs this um, this essay to be published and I'm going to do it. A couple more here. I keep saying a couple more and they keep coming in. Given that virology is turning out to be a fraudulent as well as what we base allopathic medicine on, have the Baileys given thought to how different economies could be remodeled if we drop the whole allopathic and uh, germ theory model it would change dramatically it, it would and i think it's it's a big question but one thing we don't really like to do is speculate too much <laughs> about what it's like sometimes when people ask what would be the ministry of health if you could organize it i'm like i don't want to do that <laughs> i think when it's just trying to i think it comes from individuals and mm -hmm. I, I do believe in the concept of health practitioners but i think the GP model is completely broken, and the hospital model. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. What do you think, Mark? I don't see it as like a. Yeah, well, one of the the subtitle in Sam's book, Virus Mania, is basically how the entire medical industry just consumes billions of dollars um, from the public every year. Yeah. It, it's basically a, a vast uh, system of wealth transfer taking money from people, whether it's through private payments or through taxes or through insurance, to channel into this machine, which is basically an all-consuming, uh, disgusting machine of allopathic <laughs> medicine, which you know is used then to launch wars against the public, whether it's making them wear face masks or take experimental products, etc. And it, it's, yeah, it is. The whole economy of allopathic medicine is is terrible because and it's incredibly harmful as well because then we have all these uh interventions that it does that makes people even sicker oh. so then people lose productive time you get negative negativity like we were talking about earlier people think that there's external causes for why they got unwell yeah. So yeah, oh, the damage. I mean, we'd, we'd economically we'd be looking at something completely different. But um, obviously, we need to get out of the economic system as well. <laughs> yeah, change that um, one. That Looks like that's going to change whether we like it or not. Who's going to go? Oh know, yeah, man, what's and, happening I mean, with the money yeah. is crazy. You know, so, totally. Yeah, and if people understand that um, virology is as fraudulent as the financial system, they're, they're basically comparable in terms mm. of um, the lies, the lies that go on, and how very few at the top benefit from uh, the expense of the majority. So, yeah, yeah, it, it is, and it, it's a shame because we think that way more work into toxicology should be done, yes. like looking at environmental contamination, you know, helping. But this. The budgets for toxicology are minuscule compared to the rubbish that goes on with germ theory and the wasting of resources there. And is it true, Sam, that this is what uh, the people believe, and maybe you do, that this whole polio thing was about some chemicals or toxicity and not about some virus that we caught and had polio? 
Definitely, yeah. And that video, I really, it's one of my favourites actually. I um, recommend people to watch it if they're interested. Is on polio and um, toxicology. It's the the premise. I think it was John Rappaport actually who I first heard this from, and it's true. It's like virus is the cover story, and it covers all manner of sins. And um, toxicology is one of the I think DDT uh, for polio um, and other probably nasty things too <laughs> in there but it's uh it's just amazing how they can get away with ginormous lies and we're seeing it we're, t- we're just talking about it in, the, in your ad break before actually about how germs are the greatest excuse for wars now sure sure yeah and we're seeing that play out how they can it's a cover all it's a great cover story and and you think this is this is how big this lie is and people think, well, why is it important to, to, you know, why do you keep talking about that there's no viruses? Because this is how COVID this is happened. This is the mother load, right? <laughs> this is the mother load. Without the germ thing, the whole thing falls apart, right? The whole thing and I falls think, um, apart. Wow. Yeah. And I, I think too, Patrick, it's these things, there's nothing unidimensional about it. So with polio, the fraud of the, quote, virus is one thing, but there's also a whole lot of other fraud with the way they classified the yeah, condition itself. Yes. Because we know people say to us, oh, look, um, no, DDT didn't come about until this year and polio was described in the 1700s, etc. No, 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 we know that it's yeah. to do with every aspect of the fraud of allopathic medicine involves creating these narratives in the background which make it look like all the answers are covered when Mm -hmm. all of them can be exposed so with something like polio you can just change the way it's defined and you know COVID was kind of the pinnacle you have this alleged disease which has no specific signs or symptoms it's just in some ways it's genius to you know it's amazing they got away with it it's amazing they got away with this whole thing yeah, I mean, it's totally. just crazy to think about what happened with no virus. Wow. And I think it's been <laughs> this this massaging over time to get people to believe things like a, mm. a test, like a PCR. Is they right. think now it's a diagnostic tool. It was never, ever no. designed that way. Um, and we have all of these things. Like people now think that a marketing campaign is a scientific presentation, like they watch the news. <laughs> the COVID vaccine is safe and effective. And yeah. <laughs> like I, re- I remember watching, um, you know, I, I don't know if you know Jeff Berwick, the yeah, dollar yeah. vigilante. I do, yeah, yeah, I do know Jeff, yeah. yeah. And, and there was a BBC story in 2020 saying that the crematoriums were burning around the clock and black smoke was coming out of Mexico City with all the deaths. And Jeff, um, that week, he just went around with his video camera and said, are you guys busy? And they said, no, it's really quiet this week, nothing happening. And, you know, but for some people, the BBC story was their evidence that COVID was real because they said, look, black smoke coming out of um, Mexico, they're burning bodies. And this is the tragedy of the world we live in where, you know, we can break down a scientific paper and say there's no virus in there and people go, ah, but black smoke in Mexico City. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and we, we've seen the videos, I'm sure you have, of Kerry Mullis who said that this whole P- PCR thing was just not meant, it's not, it's just made up. And he spent two years looking for the HIV virus, Kerry Mullis did. Never could find it. Never could find it. It didn't exist. Well, 
Yeah, and Carrie kind of, he inspired us in some ways, and we're also heavily inspired by the Perth group. Yeah. And the, the approach is this, Patrick. If somebody makes a claim, hmm. like the CDC or Wikipedia, they make a scientific statement, we say, where is the reference? Because we'll look at that reference and we'll examine it very carefully under the microscope. And if the reference cannot back it up, that statement should be taken out. That's not a scientific statement anymore. It's just pure speculation. So I think Carrie was, he didn't, obviously, you know, he got some things we'd say wrong, but I think he was absolutely spot on yeah. saying, if you make a claim, provide the references. If you say there's a virus, you show us the paper where the virus is shown to exist. If, if you say that there's a new disease sweeping around the world, you show us the paper that demonstrates that there is a new disease. So, you know, and um, I think that's really the genius of Carrie Mullis. Yeah, he seemed like really a sweet guy, and, and he just kind of left it. I don't know. Well, guys, girls, kids, cows, chickens, <laughs> this was fun. Holy cow, with two hours. I'm sorry for keeping you so long. Oh, my gosh. I know. No, no, that's fun. It's like, what's up with that? So... <laughs> Uh, DrSamBailey.com is a place to go, right? Poof, take yeah. you there. And then if, if Sam allows it, she'll you can s- s- learn about Mark too. But, you know, he, she, <laughs> she has him on a short leash, so don't expect much. Just kidding. <laughs> hey, uh, no, it's all good, Patrick. Really an honor to talk to you. That, um, really. We find that um, most people, people have lots of questions, and, you know, they'll say, well, what about rabies? And we have a video called, what about rabies? Oh, you do? Um, yeah, so, I, I was going to ask yes. you about rabies, because I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what what my point is, is that people should just go to the website, look up the articles, look up the videos, and just use the search option. Just type in whatever you want. And, and see if you can find it. Yeah. So, if you haven't, then we'll try and make a video about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the whole rabies because, things, too, is just made up, too, I guess. Talk, Dr. Cowan talked about it. Yeah, I had a really good uh, natural vet years ago, and he said, well, just give him the one because you got to. It's against the law. That's it. Just don't do it a minute. Just, you know. And if it wasn't against the law, I wouldn't have done that one, you know. But around here, if you don't have a little tag and they find him, you know, it's not good. So. But she did okay. Well, kids, here we are. What's going on for you two guys today in New Zealand? Homeschooling. Mark's going to be on the roof. <laughs> He's going to be on the roof. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, there's there's a little bit of water blasting to do on the concrete tiles, and uh, the roof is a lot bigger than I thought. So it's going. Oh, going you have to be those tiles. You have those um, round red tile roof. No, ours it's is concrete. actually ours is the house we have is built. Um, in a Georgian manor style. And it's an absolutely, it's a beautiful home. The roof is like a flat um, tile, a concrete tile. Oh. Um, they're, they're really beautiful actually, but they just, um, they haven't been water blasted for a few years. So we're just um, giving them a bit of a strip back to get them to their former glory. Mm-hmm. And you uh, homeschool every day, Samantha? Yeah, well, we're kind of, to be honest, at the moment, we're doing unschooling. We're just, it's life. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I actually, I, I kind of, I feel like it, then it's less um, pressure at the moment. We're just, we're in box unpacking mode. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like just opening up boxes and going, what are we going to do with this? <laughs> yeah, we've only been here for like uh, five days. So yeah. we're really just, just settling into the property and um, yeah, getting things set up for animals, which we'll bring in soon. Chicken soon, right? Chicken soon? Yeah. Yes, 
Yeah. But they're fun, aren't they? They're just so much fun. I love them. Oh. I love them. Yeah, yes. You know, I want to just give a little plug for a friend of mine who used to be on the show. His name is Richard Mayberry. Richard Mayberry, M-A-Y-B-U-R-Y. He has books called Blue Stocking Press. You might check it out because he has books written for the little ones all about money, how it works, how it's doing what it's doing, what is inflation, and they're just wonderful books for homeschoolers. Uh, so you might you might look at that Blue Stocking Press, Richard Mayberry. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Can, you let them read about money and how it works and how it doesn't work and you know things like this. Good stuff. Yeah. Get them get them early to understand that money is just like a, a Cowan said it's just a fairy tale. Just poof. <laughs> yeah. Well, our kids. Uh, I actually looked into the financial system about um, just after the crisis a decade ago, or a bit more than that now, huh. two thousand and nine. Yeah. So, yeah, we actually have um, 50 books on the topic that I did a really deep dive into. But not kids' books. But, um, yeah, so but we have been uh, communicating that information to the, the, our kids since they've been born, all of them. Have oh, you've known been that teaching them about it. Yeah, teaching them about it. The fair, yeah, system. Yeah, yeah. They, they know, like, I'll, I'll do tricks with them, with um, comparing, like, fiat currency with precious metals and asking them what they'd trade. And they've got very smart because if you say to them, "Would you give? Can I give you this fiat <laughs> note or a silver coin?" That they instantly go, "Well, what's the spot price for silver?" <laughs> right. Yeah. One of my favorite stories is when I was in high school, we had a '52 Chevy, and for a silver quarter, you could get a gallon of gas. Right. It was yeah. about twenty-five cents a gallon. Today, if yeah. you have that same silver quarter, you can get three gallons of gas. Now, how's that? Isn't that cool? Yeah, that, that quarter's worth about, I don't know, $7 right now? The same quarter. Yeah, yeah. That shows yeah, you the I power mean, of real it. money, real money. Definitely, and I think importantly going forward, and we've realized this, and that's why we've set up on this little farm, mm-hmm. is that just having plant and equipment is great too, like having a barn, having um, equipment that you can uh, dig over the soil, you know, having glass houses, all that kind of stuff will get really important too. That's 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 real resources rather than fiat currency sitting in a bank account. You bet. Well, I love you too. Thank you. Appreciate it. You take care of yourself and let us know if we can do something, okay? We'll keep in touch. Yeah. Thank you, Patrick. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you. <laughs> it's a relaxing time yeah. with talking with you. Mark thank, thank you so much, Patrick. Oh. Uh, my pleasure. It's an honor. Thank you. Take care. Say hi to the kids and the cows and the chickens and everybody. Okay, so we are going to take a break. I think it's lunchtime for Patrick, your congenial host. And we will see you on Friday. We take Thursdays off to work on our screenplays. And we'll see you Friday at 10 o'clock Central Time on OneRadioNetwork.com. I love you all very much. You're doing great. Don't let anybody ever tell you that you're, you're just... Just don't listen to him. Just get a new friend. Just see. (laughs) Do something else. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.